0: Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's Evangelist Jonathan. Welcome, my friend, Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. The only pastor with a purple suit. Come on, give God praise. Come on, give Jesus the highest praise. Well, lift your hands all over the auditorium. Father, I thank you for this open door you've given to speak at one of the great churches in the entire planet Earth with great people. I pray tonight there'd be a visitation of your power to every man and woman thank you that the devil will not write the final chapter of ghanaian history but the church of the lord jesus christ will write the final chapter of this nation in jesus name we thank you for and give you all the praise all the honor and all the glory for it's to you and you alone who it's due in jesus name we've prayed everybody said everybody said give the lord another great hand clap Now. Before you're seated, I'm going to have my wife, my first wife, who loves you. You know, during uh, the lockdown, my wife would start watching your 4 a.m. prayer meeting, which was 10 p.m. our time, and pray with you through the night. And uh, we've been, you know, when I met Pastor Joshua, I barely even shook his hand because I felt like I know him and see him every day. So we participate in your church all the time. I follow... Bishop Dag Haywood Mills I basically just follow what he does and then what happened here is beginning to replicate in America because it's the same Holy Ghost I am an honorary black star at the end of this service we're going to pray for the three blind referees in their game against Portugal pray for God to open their eyes and return their sight to them Go Black Stars. Wherever Michael Essien is tonight, we love you. Please welcome my wife. Oh, there she is. Who loves you very much. I do. I feel so honored to be a part of uh, this commission. Let me tell you, I am absolutely jealous of every one of you. Yeah, you should feel that way. Because I'm telling you right now, what you have happening here in Ghana is something very special. And I covet it, that's why I'm a part of it. You might not know it, but I watch you. I participate. Every time you get up, I get up. Every time you yell, I am. Hey! <laughs> so I feel like I'm home. So thank you so much for the honor and the privilege of being here tonight, I love you. All right, you can be comfortably seated. I want you, if you have your Bibles, to open them with me to Luke chapter three. Welcome everybody that's watching online all over the world. Love you very much. Not as much as I love the people of Ghana, but I love you too. Luke 3, 16. Luke 3, verse 16, John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is mightier than I, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Turn to John chapter 7, John the 7th chapter. One book over to the right. John 7, 37. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers. Everybody shout rivers. Rivers of living water will flow out from within or flow out from his belly or flow out from his heart. Your spirit is not in your head. Your spirit's in your belly. That's why you even hear people that aren't Christians say, I got a gut feeling. I felt something you feel here because that's your spirit. And the Bible says, Jesus said, in that day, talking about our day, rivers, not raindrops, not a cloud, Rivers. So a pond can affect an area. A river can affect a whole nation. If you look at the map of Egypt on Google Maps, there's almost nothing that exists outside of the Nile River. All of the people live along that river. Rivers bring life. And Jesus said in that day, rivers of living water will flow out from your belly, flow out from within. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone who believes in him, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. But this said he, speaking of the Spirit, who had not yet been given, but would be given to who? All. Everybody say all. All All who believe. So some of our friends in other churches teach that the Holy Spirit was for the first 12 apostles. Then after they died, tough luck to everybody else. But that's not what the Bible says, and you won't read anything like that in the Bible. In fact, you don't hear Paul tell Timothy, Timothy, I'm getting very old, soon I'm gonna die, and after that, there'll be no more Holy Spirit, no more miracles. No, you hear him tell him, the fire that I gave you, keep it fanned into flames. This Saturday night is a Holy Ghost and Fire service. Out of this service, great things are going to be done in your life, in Jesus' name. If you believe that, can you say amen? amen? Amen. So, this spake he of the Spirit, who had not yet been given, but would be given to all who believe. Now, when did that happen? Turn to Acts chapter 1. And tonight, I'm going to pray. I'm going to lay hands on everybody in the building that wants hands laid on them. I came to work. This is not a vacation. Amen. Now, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. This is after Jesus died and rose from the dead. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Everybody say a gift. How 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 do you lay hold of a gift? You receive it. You don't have to beg for it. You just take it. It's yours. Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water. Now, I want you to think about this. John baptized in water, but in not many days hence, you will be filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit. So when you get baptized properly, they dunk you under the water and pull you back up out of the water. Jesus said the same way John did that, I'm going to baptize you. Kenneth Hagin wrote a book called The Anointing Within and The Anointing Upon. So rivers flow out from within and then there's a manifestation of the anointing that even comes upon your body. The Bible says in Acts 19.11 that God gave Paul the power to do unusual or special miracles that even garments or cloths that had touched his skin were taken to those that were sick and any sickness or disease they had was healed and any demon spirit, any, not weak ones, any ones because they're all weak. They've all lost their power 2,000 years ago when Jesus kicked their butt on the cross. Can you say amen? amen. Any sickness was healed and any demon spirit came out. From what? Them shaking the guy and yelling, come out? No. From the residue of cloth that had been on the body of Paul. That's how strong the anointing of the Holy Ghost is. Can you say Amen. And i'm saying that because i'm sure you're not like this in west africa but in america there's a huge overvaluation of the power of the devil and a huge undervaluation of the power of god you know you you go preach somewhere there's a demonic principality that's over this city who cares the believer that's filled with the holy ghost is a principality wherever they go the bible says anywhere the sole of your foot shall tread You'll be on land that I've given to you. I prophesy in the name of Jesus, every demon spirit that's been troubling you, troubling your family, hindering your destiny, it bows down flat tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe it, shall I receive it? I, receive it. I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now what happens when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Verse 8 and you shall receive what you shall receive what acts 1 8 and you will receive power the baptism of the holy ghost is essentially a baptism of power so if you read in the old testament any priest that was going to serve they took the blood of the lamb and applied it to the right earlobe applied it to the right thumb and applied it to the right big toe which signified your ear being purified to hear from God, your hands being purified to work for God, and your feet being purified to walk the the highway of holiness that the righteous walk on. But they didn't just apply the blood. After they applied the blood that was symbolic of the blood of the Redeemer that would come, Jesus Christ, they then took oil that signified the person of the Holy Ghost and applied oil to the ear, to empower your ear to hear the voice of God. Applied oil to the right thumb to empower your hands to work for God. And then oil to the right big toe to empower your feet to walk the path that God has for you. Because you don't have to be very old. 16, 17, 18, 19. You know that if you're going to live for Jesus in this modern world, And Western culture that's trying to infiltrate African television and normalize. Do you know how nice it's been to be in Ghana and drive around for four hours and not see one transgender person? Everybody's sure they're a boy or a girl here. It's an amazing country. But in our country, they've infiltrated that stuff on television. There's all kinds of pressure. You start meeting girls that are 11 and 13 that cut themselves with knives in America. And the church can't deal with it. They just recommend people to go get counseling or to get medication. We're not against doctors, we're not against counselors. But Jesus never referred anybody to an outside source for help. The Bible says they brought unto him all the sick. And no matter what their sickness or what their disease, or if they were possessed by evil spirits, he healed them all. I have a question for you. Has Jesus changed? Will Jesus ever change? Who's the head of the church? He's the head and we're the body. So the same life and the same power that Christ had, he gave unto the church. Now, what's the name of this conference? So the Bible says, not only did Christ die, now you have many churches, they only know about the cross, which if all there was, was the cross, I would still be a Christian. But there is more than the cross. Because after Jesus died, remember, blood on the ear, blood on the thumb, blood on the toe. But then after he died, turn to it, turn to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. And I'm sorry for the purple jacket. It's all I had in my suitcase. No, I'm sorry that I look like I'm trafficking cocaine in Ghana, but I'm not. I'm a preacher. Ephesians chapter 4. Somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you. That must be my mother. Ephesians 4, 7. Listen to this now. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says... When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? That as he also first descended into the lowest parts of the earth, he who also is the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things in all. Verse 11. And he, capital H, himself, capital H, everybody shout Jesus gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come to the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, which is Christ. He bat- And you shall receive power. So the cross provided the blood because the Holy Ghost won't un- inhabit unclean vessels. The blood of Jesus, the Bible says, has cleansed you of all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus makes you pure. But after Jesus shed his blood on the cross, he wasn't done. Where did he go in those days that his body lay in that tomb? The Bible says he went down to the lowest parts of the earth, preached to the captives and led them out into heaven. And before he did, the keys that Satan had taken from Adam, he went and took the keys from the devil. And he said in Revelation one, behold, I am the living one who died, but look now I am alive and I live forevermore. And I hold the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Revelation chapter two. I am the heir of David and the heir to his throne. I have the key of David. I open a door that no man can shut and i shut a door and no man can open it and the bible says he didn't win those things he didn't take those keys for him he didn't take those keys and do what he did he was already in heaven every other religious leader was trying to get to heaven jesus started out in heaven and he left heaven and came down to shatter the hold of the devil. Take dominion back and he gave those gifts unto men who are the church which is his body. Tonight you shall receive a divine gift that sets you on a course for the rest of your life to become a terror to the devil in Jesus' name. If you believe it, take 15 seconds, clap those anointed hands and give God a mighty shout and a cry tonight. Come on, let the devil know he's in for a bad year. The devil is defeated. Jesus Christ is Lord. Somebody shout a living hallelujah. So those gifts are resident in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, how can you see this acted out? Turn to Acts chapter two. Don't do anything until you receive that which the Father promised. For John baptized you in water, But in not many days hence you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Chapter 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were meeting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Ghost. <coughs> Sorry, that's not COVID, just a normal cough. Now, how can you read that and say only the first 12 apostles got baptized in the Holy Ghost? Who does the Bible say got baptized in the Holy Spirit? everyone. Were there only 12 people in the upper room? Anybody that was there got filled with the Holy Spirit from the youngest child to the oldest saint. And they all spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, a crowd gathers to hear the loud noise. So we know the early church was a noisy church. The way the church was birthed, It was loud enough to draw a crowd from outside to see what was happening. And then they said, what could this be? Verse 12, Acts 2, 12. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about it. These people are not drunk like you assume. People don't get drunk by nine o'clock in the morning. Peter had never been to London. No, what you see today was predicted by the prophet Joel. Listen to this prophecy. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit, on who? Black flesh, Chinese flesh, white flesh, Hispanic flesh. Everybody say all flesh. It's not a white man's Bible. This wasn't written by Europeans and brought to Africa. This was written in the dead center of the earth, Israel. Israel. So the Europeans can't say he's our God. The Asians can't say he's our God. The Africans can't say he's our God. He is the lamb that was slain for every tongue, every tribe, every nation, and every race. If you're thankful for it, can you say amen? Amen. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit on all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy and all cause wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Skip down to verse 37. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive, here it is again, the gift of the Holy Ghost. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those that are afar off. Talking about Pittsburgh and Accra. God knew this was going to go worldwide. Even as many as have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all of his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked and perverse generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, there were about 3,000 in all. Church went from about 120 to 3,120 in one message. Now, that scripture that I just read to you perfectly encapsulates the power of the Holy Ghost. Who was that that stood forward and preached to the crowd? Who was it? Peter. Who was it that if you flip a few pages back to the left, When a girl asked him at a campfire, are you a disciple of Christ, said no. Who was that? So where did the change come? That doesn't sound like the same man. How do you go from not being able to confess Christ to one girl at a campfire, to there being thousands? Because we know 3,000 were added to the church. That wasn't everybody. So now you have a crowd of several thousand men. These people are drunk. Do you notice the devil's never been able to stop the power of the Holy Ghost? All he can do is mock it. Mock the dancing, mock the tongues, mock the singing, but let the devil mock because the power of the Holy Ghost flattens him every single time in Jesus' name. How do you go from denying Christ to a little girl? to heaven of thousands of men, no microphone, no bullhorn. And nobody asked him his opinion. He heard what they were saying. Hey, listen to me. Some of you are saying these people are drunk, but it isn't true. People don't get drunk this early. What you're seeing today, and how does he go to preaching one scripture? After another scripture, no notes, no prep time, rivers of living water will flow out from within that the next time you're confronted, there's a geyser on the inside of you that where you were weak, you were strong. Say it out loud with me. It's not by might. It's not by power. But by thy spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We used to sing that growing up in church, it's not by might nor by power, but by the but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You know the Bible says the flesh profiteth nothing. It is the spirit that brings increase. I'm not I'm an American. I don't like traveling around and bashing America. But I will tell you, the American church in the last 25 years that exported the power of the Holy Ghost all over the world. They're ashamed of it there now. You can turn on Christian television, watch American ministries. You won't hear any tongues. You won't see any praying for the sick. It's just talk and talk and lights and lasers and fog machines, and that's it. And as they've done that, I've watched the churches go empty because the flesh is not what beats the devil. This is not some kind of philosophy class. This is a war between darkness that wants to destroy people's lives. And the only thing that will set people free is the unfeigned, raw power of God that you're going to receive tonight in overflow in the name of Jesus. That's why you can be seated. That's why Jesus told them, don't do anything until you receive that which the Father promised John baptized you in water, but I will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. I've been in the ministry 21 years, which is not a long time, but I've prayed for a lot of people. And basically, you can summarize everybody's prayer request into one category, powerlessness. I feel depressed. I don't have power over my mind. I feel sad, I feel sick. No power over sickness in their body. And so Jesus, you know, it'd be one thing if when you received Jesus as savior, you went right to heaven, but you don't. You stay in this world where there's a devil that goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I'm gonna tell you a story. My, dad, my dad's been preaching as an evangelist for 45 years. Me and Pastor Josh are both preacher's kids. My dad never had a church. Still does not have a church. He just travels and preaches. So when we would go to church on Sunday, we would sit like two-thirds of the way in the back. My dad never tried to take the service over. Just sat, listened, took notes, and we left. And one Sunday, our church was planting churches. And they were sending one of the associate pastors to, be a, uh, to plant a church in a city called Philadelphia that has right now is one of the highest murder rates in the country. People don't realize this is not a game. This is about your soul. This is about powers of darkness that want to destroy your soul. And the only way you're going to stay in victory is by walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. Anybody ever hear the British evangelist Smith Wigglesworth? Smith Wigglesworth said, if you pray in tongues every day until you feel the anointing come upon your body, you'll never backslide. Then he said, if you pray in tongues every day until you feel a song of joy come up in your spirit and you sing the song, you'll always have enough strength for that day's task. God gave us a gift. Now think of it like this. Let's say you were doing a deep cover operation in the military in Yemen, and you got captured, and and you got locked up in a military prison, and then special forces came. I came in special forces to break you out We blew a hole through the side of the prison where your cell was. And I said, there, you're free. You can go. Well, you would kind of be thankful, but then at the same time, you're still behind enemy lines. And I didn't give you any help. You don't have a weapon. How are you supposed to get back to Ghana from Yemen? You're gonna get recaptured. Well, when you get saved, great, but you're not dead. And you're still in this earth that has wickedness. But thankfully, God didn't do that. He didn't just blow a hole through the prison and say, you're free. Now think of this. If I came to Yemen and blew a hole through the side of the wall and said, you're free. And then I introduced you to my wife who had a machine gun. And she had a hundred men with her. And I said, now these guys, if you stay with them, they're going to take you back to Ghana. Now I have done a full rescue. If all Jesus did was break us out of the curse of sin, but didn't give us power over the enemy, we'd all get recaptured. But thanks be unto God, who gave gifts unto men, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire to prevail in every battle of life. I want you to lift both hands to heaven. Say this out loud. I have power to prevail in every battle of life. Say this so the devil can hear you. Say, I don't go up and down. I go up and up. From glory to glory. Victory to victory. And strength to strength. Now with your hands lifted, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And thank God that a fresh anointing is coming upon you on this Saturday night that will mark your life forever. Come on, take 30 seconds. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank God in the Spirit that tonight the anointing is coming upon you. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. Come on, 15 more seconds. Pray out of your spirit. Pray always in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith. In Jesus' name, we've prayed. Everybody said now say thank you, God, for overflowing strength. I have a river of life flowing out of me you can be seated so they get ready to plant this church in philadelphia and the guy that they're going to send to this church he's not really a pastor he's like a good businessman that they want to plant these churches so they're just taking any any quality good speaker smart guy and they're gonna send him to Philadelphia. So on Sunday morning, they have cake up on the platform and they're doing like a farewell, we're sending you over there. It has a real nice mood to it. And my dad, only time I've ever seen him do this, stands up in the middle of this nice party on Sunday morning and lifts his hands and starts praying loud in tongues. It ruined the whole thing. And I'm like, well, you know, I was like nine or 10. I was like, what's my dad doing? His face, my dad has red hair and white skin. So when he gets like intense, his face turns like red. He amata." then he comes out of the seat and starts walking towards the guy. I'm thinking, is my dad going to assault this guy? Because he was walking like that, walking right at him and then starts pointing at him in tongues. And he goes, thus saith the Lord, walks right up on the platform. You are not ready, says the Lord. You are not ready for the task that lies ahead. Commit yourself unto prayer and fasting, says the Lord, for you are not ready for what you're about to engage in. And it like, you know, you could tell my dad said the right thing, but it like ruined the party. The guy lifted his hands and was crying. So they did what they're very good at in American church. Just act like nothing happened. Praise the Lord for brother Tiff. Then they went back to eating cake. So we find out a month and a half later, I'm in church, six Sundays later, and that guy's sitting in, seat, in the seat with his wife and they announced that he's come home from Philadelphia. So we found, that guy came right up to my dad after the service and he said, Brother Tiff, that's my dad's name, T-I-F-F. He said, "We li- I should have listened to you. Well, they find out he had been there for 10 days in Philadelphia. And his wife went in the bathroom and he had a radio plugged in to the electrical outlet, mumbling incoherently, ready to drop it in the bathtub water with himself and kill himself. What happened? He went to Philadelphia to go dislodge that devil and set the captives free. And the devil said, I don't think so. You don't have sufficient power to do what you're getting ready to do. And the thing he was trying to dislodge about took his life. He was in a mental institution for two weeks as a businessman, normal guy, succeeded his whole life. You can't confront demonic power in the flesh. You can't, do you think there's nobody with master's degrees or PhD that battled depression? You can work out in a gym all you want, but if they diagnose you with pancreatic cancer, you'll die as quick as somebody that never going to a gym one day. The battles of life are not physical, they're spiritual. The battle in finances, You can go to school for 14 years after you graduate high school getting every degree. Poverty is a spirit. Until you break it in the spirit realm, poverty will follow you all the days of your life. But I prophesy in the name of Jesus, every man in this room, every woman in this room, you will walk in dominion over sickness, disease, poverty, and oppression all the days of your life in Jesus' name. If you believe it, shout, I receive it. I'm gonna tell you right now, There are many men and women that are here, university students, young adults. You came here battling something. That battle is declared over tonight, says the Lord. The blood of Jesus that was shed 2,000 years ago on Calvary will cut the neck of that devil tonight for free. In Jesus' mighty name, if you can testify that God is a delivering God in Accra tonight, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God. With a voice of triumph. Now, say it out loud. The devil is defeated. Jesus Christ is Lord. And one more time, say it. Rivers of living water shall flow out from within. Lift your hands all over this place. Father, I thank you for fresh grace on this great church full of great people i thank you that the next generation of mighty west african leaders in business in ministry and government shall emerge out of this meeting tonight in jesus name and everybody said aloud amen you can be seated now before i lay hands on you how does that gift how does that river function turn to first corinthians chapter 12 I will. Give me like six seconds. First Corinthians 12. Everybody say, I receive power. After the Holy Ghost comes upon me. Now, Paul is going to give you some intelligence on how that power flows. You know, if you put a a car in the hands of an eight-year-old, the car is going to do damage. So Paul's going to, yeah, there's power, but how does the power manifest? Is the power about shaking your hands? Yeah, you can do that. You can dance, you can shake your hands, but there's actual productive gifts, a flow that that river materializes in. Paul's going to tell it to you right here. First Corinthians 12, one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you ignorant. You know that when you were Gentiles, carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. So it is interesting that there is something in people that are outside of Christ where they want something physical, whether it's an idol. For a lot of people, that's what their mask was during COVID. They didn't even have it over their nose and mouth. It was just like a good luck charm around their throat. They just wanted something. If I put this here, then I'm being safe. No, you don't breathe through your neck. And if you do, you need a surgery. Amen. Amen. So people need something in the physical realm. They'll put something on their windshield, on their rearview mirror, on the car, and hang it. This this is a thing that's from my village, and it 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 no, it doesn't. It just makes you feel like it does. So that's why Christianity. We don't have a bunch of statues up and stuff. Even in Christianity, people want an external thing. You see this rock? I carry it in my pocket. It's from Jerusalem. Great. But it's not the rocks in Jerusalem that are special. It's the one that walked on the rocks in Jerusalem that are special. You see this water? This is water from the Sea of Galilee. That's awesome. It's not the water from the Sea of Galilee that's anointed. It's the one who walked on the water, Jesus Christ, who's anointed. I want you to take your right hand and put it on your belly. Remember, it says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Now close your eyes and say this. Thank you, Jesus, that the Holy Spirit lives in me. Now, when you get that, instead of always trying to get the anointing from an external source, get baptized in the Holy Ghost, then keep the anointing stirred up on the inside of you. So like even even if you get an opportunity to minister, think of the difference between saying, Lord, anoint me tonight and saying, Father, thank you that I'm anointed of the Holy Ghost and that there's rivers of living water flowing out from within. Can you say amen? Amen. Can you say a better amen? amen? Amen. So you used to go to idols. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus cursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each of us to profit with all. I won't have you repeat things all night, but say this. The gifts of the Spirit... Bring increase. increase. No one ever honors the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in their life and goes backwards. It's impossible. Because God is a God of increase. The kingdom of God is built on increase. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn on the ear. It is impossible to follow the Holy Ghost and be led backwards. You won't find one person in the Bible that was rich and started following God and became broke. But you'll find lots of people that were beggars and low and they got a hold of the Word of God and the Holy Ghost and they went high. The Bible says he takes the beggar out of the dunghill and sets him among princes. Following the Holy Ghost is a choice to go forward in life. You being here tonight, lots of you had other places you could have been. You had friends it's Saturday night, the World Cup song. You had parties you were invited to. What was in you that made you choose to be in the house of God rather than be in the world? Whatever it was, follow that the rest of your life and you'll never go backwards. I prophesy in the name of Jesus, the last backward step you ever took will be the last backward step you ever take. If you believe it, shall I receive it? To, for to one is given the word of wisdom by the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, plural. Gifts, plural, of healings, plural. That's why if you've ever been in healing meetings, a lot of times there'll be a manifestation or somebody's heart will get healed, then a bunch of other people's hearts get healed. There's specific gifts for each thing that needs healed. Everybody say gifts of healings. Name me a disease that Jesus can't heal. Name me one. What disease can Jesus not heal? If it has a name, it has to bow to the name that's above every name. Lift your hands all over this place. You will dominate sickness and disease the rest of your life. Any sickness or disease that ran in your family, it ends with you tonight. It'll never be passed down through your bloodline again in Jesus' name. Say it with me again. Gifts of healings. By the same spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, diverse kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. By that one and same spirit, it works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, those are what's known as the nine gifts of the spirit. What's the name of this conference? These are the gifts he gave These are valuable, high-value gifts. Jesus purchased them with his blood, then took the power out of darkness and gave it to the church. So that now the Holy Spirit that used to be in the Ark of the Covenant or the temple, it was never the will of God to dwell in vessels made by human hands. Know ye not, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. I was walking in another country and we had to walk by a pagan temple and they had a demon-possessed slave girl chained to to a post and you had to drop your offerings off there. I was in a crowd of about 600 people walking by. That girl went right to the end of her chain and just to me went like this. Just me and I went like this because it encouraged me that I wasn't the only white person so it wasn't a racial thing. There are lots of white people. Why just me? Because that devil in her knew, I look like everybody else, but I'm not like everybody else. There's something in me that bothers that devil. You will trouble the devil the remainder of your days in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, shout amen like thunder. Hey, I hear the sound of the armies of the Lord. Now, can I tell you something? There's enough firepower in this room to blow the devil's sorry rear end back into the Gulf of Guinea. In Jesus' name, you're going to cause major problems for the powers of hell from now till when you go to heaven. The devil has a problem on his hand. That problem is you because you're getting baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire tonight in Jesus' name. If you believe it, can you shout a living amen? You're going to be seated. Now After that, we go to 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter, which all the anti-Holy Spirit people say, well, yeah, I know there's the gifts of the Spirit, but the, the, better, the better thing is love. But then you go to chapter 14, verse 1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts or covet earnestly spiritual gifts. Heartfelt desire. In the kingdom, you never get anything that you don't desire and pursue. I found out Bishop Dag Haywood Mills was in Newark, New Jersey. I had a layover in Newark on my way to go preach somewhere else. I got a taxi with my wife, and we went straight there. And I would then go in to shake hands. I went and knelt on my knee and said, please lay your hands on my head. I'm called to be an evangelist. I see you going to any nation you pick and taking the place over. I want I want it. I want what you carry. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. I had a guy ask me one time, what do you think's more important, the fruit of the spirit or the gifts of the spirit? What do you think is more important, eating or breathing? Whichever one you pick, you're gonna find out the other one's also very important. Can you say amen? Because you don't beat disease by long suffering or patience. You beat it by power. Can you say amen? Amen. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies Edifies the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless he interprets that the church may receive edification. Everybody say nine gifts of the Spirit. We are in a supernatural religion. When I was eight years old, my mother sent me up to change into my pajamas for bed on the second floor of the house. I bent over, in America, bent over and picked my pajamas up and when I looked up, there was an angel on the other side of the bed. Only one I ever saw, only one I've seen since, but I just saw what I saw. I stood very still and listened. People say, what did the angel look like? Like someone not to be messed with. That's what he looked like. So I just didn't say, I just stood. And the angel said, Jonathan, God has reserved you for this last period of time to be an evangelist, to call men and women who are now in darkness into the light, for soon it will be eternally too late. That was in 1988, so if it was soon then, you can see it's sooner now. All those hard-to-believe Bible prophecies in Revelation, no man will be able to buy or sell unless he's given a mark in his hand or in his forehead. When will people ever allow themselves to be injected with something in order to participate in society? When we found out people are willing. You can see, they, it was like a test run. I'm not saying the vaccine's the mark of the beast, but it was a test run where they could see locking people out of supermarkets, can't go to work unless you get it, and everybody lined up to do it. So you can see how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ. Can you say Amen. And the Bible tells you that in the last days, wickedness will abound. The devil's not the only one with an agenda in the last days. God said, in the last days, in the midst of all that mess, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I will raise up men and women in the power of the Holy Ghost that set their generation free. I'm looking at those men and women now. I'm looking at those men and women now. I'm looking at that army that Joel saw now. You will be a part of the greatest move of God that has ever hit planet Earth. If you believe that with me, shout amen like thunder. To call men and women that are now induct us into the light, for soon it will be eternally too late. Do you understand? And I said yes with a speech impediment. I had eight sounds in the English alphabet, I couldn't say correctly. I had to miss classes at school two days a week to go get speech therapy. So when the angel called me to preach, it wasn't even possible for me to preach. How do you speak publicly for a living if you can't speak privately for free? That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Remember, brethren, that not many of you were wise or wealthy or powerful when I called you. When the Lord called you, he deliberately chose things the world finds foolish in order to shame those who are powerful that no man will ever glory in his presence. Can you say amen? So whatever limitations people have put on you, God doesn't care. And actually, the more limitations people have put on you, the more glory God will get when you're taking the place over, because everybody will have to say, that must be God. Can you say amen? You can be seated. How does that power flow? How does it work? How does the supernatural river that's on the inside of you manifest? Think of it like this. You're not receiving nine different gifts. You receive the Holy Spirit and then when he manifests, he manifests in nine different channels. Three deal with how you speak. Three deal with how you think. And three deal with how you act. Tongues. Interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Those make you speak under the power of God. Discerning of spirits, not discernment. Discerning of spirits. To know the difference, Acts 16, a slave girl's following Paul. These men are servants of the Most High God. But Paul knew it was a devil within her and said to the Spirit, Come out. So you don't get bamboozled by people. It's better to know someone has a lying spirit before you hire them as your accountant than after. Their resume is perfect, but something about that guy's not right. Discerning of spirits, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. That's the power of God coming upon your mind. And then you have what's called the action gifts. Special faith. Everybody say special faith. What's special faith? It feels like somebody puts a coat on you and this, something comes alive in you. If you've ever seen um, Jesse Duplantis on television, I met him this year and he was telling me a story from early in his ministry. He said there was a kid in church that was nine years old that was born paralyzed. Now if you have never walked, your legs don't form right. So it's not just that you can't walk, it's your legs don't even have any, all the muscles are atrophied. So the kid's sitting in the wheelchair and he's liking his preaching. And nodding his head. Jesse said, without knowing it, I went up to him and I said, are you liking what you're hearing? The kid went like this. He said, then walk. I grabbed him by the shirt and tossed him into the air. He said, it felt good in the moment, but about the time the kid hits the ark, you think, holy moly, what did I do? And he said, he watched the kid, the whole crowd gasped. And when he hit the ground, he landed on his feet and his legs grew out. And he walked around the church. He said the church was two-thirds full that night. The next night, there was a two-mile-long line of cars to get into the building. Brother, you won't hear about that in the temples of other religions, but we're not serving a God who's dead. We're serving Jesus who's alive and he lives forevermore. Say with me, special faith. Then gifts of healing and working of miracles. What's the difference between a healing and a miracle? If a dog attacked you and bit your ear and punctured your eardrum and you went deaf, you need a healing. There's stuff that's there that needs repaired. But if you were born without an auditory nerve and no, no workings of your inner ear, you don't, there's nothing to heal. You need a miracle. Miracles create anything that's in your body that's damaged God will heal it. And anything in your body that's too damaged to be healed, God will replace it tonight in Jesus' name. Tonight is a night of miracles. Tonight is a night of unfettered miracles by the power of God in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that, take 15 seconds with me. Clap your hands, all ye people, and give God another shout of praise. Somebody shout hallelujah. What are these gifts? The best way I can you can be seated. Best way I, I can give them to you is tell you a couple of stories. Everybody say vocal gifts. There's an evangelist named Tommy Hicks. So the, when the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, these are the things God gave us to just make a mockery of the devil all over the planet. Just show up and bust him around. So this evangelist from America named Tommy Hicks, he gets an invitation. First he goes to Argentina, back when Argentina was full-out communist. He has a major meeting there. General Perón got healed in his meeting. So he told his friends in the Soviet Union, back when Russia was the Iron Curtain, American diplomats weren't even allowed in there. And they called and said, you need to have this guy in to speak to your people. So they opened him up to go to Russia. He's in a big auditorium like this and he's preaching, but he's an American. He doesn't know Russian. And really, Americans don't even really know English if you listen closely. But they don't know. Don't laugh, it makes me feel bad. So he's preaching in English, and what he doesn't know is his interpreter won't interpret what he's saying because she's been a communist her whole life. So when he says, Jesus will heal you, she's saying, the state will heal you. Russia will heal you. And he's wondering why his preaching's going so bad. God loves you. Stalin loves you. She's changing everything to Stalin, Khrushchev, Russia, and he can't know because he's he's not Russian. But you can trick the man, but you can't trick the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, everybody say river, say river. That's what it is. It's rivers of living water that flow out from within. All of a sudden, he feels this thing rising up in him to give a message in tongues. You don't give a message in tongues in an evangelistic campaign, but he can't fight it off. And all of a sudden, he lets the river out. He gets about, what, five seconds in. His lady interpreter puts the mic down and runs out of the building. So now he doesn't know what's going on. He thinks, well, I am just gonna, I, I, now, now I can't go back to preaching because there's no way to pre- talk in Russian anymore. But he didn't feel to stop, so he just keeps going in tongues. Bosto breketia, This is like in the 1960s or early 70s. And as he's about six minutes into that message in tongues, the Russian people in unison stand up, lift both hands and start to rush the stage he thinks they're upset he doesn't know what's going on they all hit their knees on the altar and in russian are crying out to jesus so he he can't lead them to the lord or anything he has no interpreter so as they come there he runs out and gets his interpreter and rebukes her what are you doing i don't know russian i hired you to stand next to me she said sir i would be happy to stand next to me but you said in perfect russian Shut your mouth and don't say another word. And then spoke in six minutes in perfect Russian, telling the people about Jesus. She fooled him, but you can't fool the Holy Ghost. There's a power that God gave the church that the devil can't comprehend and the devil can't extinguish. Go ahead and celebrate it. Clap your hands up. The devil is defeated. Jesus Christ. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Somebody shout aloud, hallelujah. Vocal gifts. Revelatory gifts. Everybody say revelatory gifts. Discerning of spirits, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Word of knowledge is when God reveals. You can be seated. Notice it says word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Because anytime a preacher starts operating in one of these gifts, In America, somebody on the news says, well, if he can really do that, why doesn't he say what the lottery numbers are going to be? Why doesn't he tell us who's going to win the World Cup so we can all make money? It's not you knowing everything God knows. If God gave you everything he knows, your head would blow off your shoulders. So he gives you a word. Think of it with Samuel. As mighty as a prophet Samuel was, all he knew was to go to Jesse's house and one of his sons will become king. Then as they stood in front of him, he knew more. The gifts of the Spirit are like headlights on a car. The further you drive, the more you see. You might not know everything at once. Start with what God gives you and God will give you more. There was a preacher from America named William Branham who had an extremely accurate word of knowledge gift. He went to South Africa in the 50s. They started in an auditorium, and that was when polio was going around. So all these kids had these fitted calipers on their legs because polio would weaken the muscles in your legs. So they'd give them these braces to help them stand up and they'd walk like this. He prayed for one lady. I talked to the lady that was in the meeting, Nellie Roberts. She's in her 80s now. She told me what she saw. She said they brought a kid that had the polio braces and he started praying and the kids started screaming at the top of his lungs. So they thought he was demon-possessed because right when he starts praying, ah, I mean, screaming. But he wasn't screaming because he was demon-possessed. He was going, get him off, get him off. His legs had been withered by polio. When he prayed, he not only got healed of polio, the legs grew out and he was in severe pain because the, the, the braces were holding them in. So they ripped the braces off and he, he walks full. They said by the end of the week, there was a pile of polio braces and a pile of wheelchairs. So they have to move it from the auditorium to the big stadium in, uh, what town was that? Uh, Durban, South Africa. So they're at the stadium. All these people are getting healed. What did the devil do when they started speaking in tongues? He sent people to mock. That's all the devil can do. He doesn't have any power over the Holy Ghost. All he can do is get you to be ashamed of it or say untrue things about the messenger. I don't go to that first love center. I think it's a cult. It's not a cult. At a cult, you're not allowed to leave. If you leave here, they'll hand you a pamphlet on the way out and say, God bless you. I think that's a cult. I think they just want your money. I think all the casino wants is your money. Nobody complains. It's just words about church because the devil, he can just put negative things Think about it. Some of you, before you started coming to church, used to go to the bar and drink yourself blackout drunk, and none of your family or friends said one thing to you. Then you start going to this church, we're very concerned about, oh, you're concerned now. Now you're concerned. When I was almost dead, you had no concern. Let the devil run his mouth. Make up your mind, I'm going on with Jesus. Say this out loud, I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be seated briefly. I'm going to wrap up so I can pray for everybody. Are you anybody get anything that blessed them tonight? So they moved to the stadium, and he's having lines of people come up to get healed. This famous newspaper reporter in Durban, gets in line, puts big black sunglasses on for blind people and a white and red cane and gets in line. And what he's going to do is when William Branham says, the Lord shows me you're blind, he's going to take the glasses off. All the people know who he is and say, see, this guy's a fraud. All he does, obviously, he can tell you have polio. He can tell you're deaf because you have somebody with you signing to you. He's making it all up. So he's three people back in line. And William Branham stops praying for the person that he's praying for and points at him and says, Sir, you've come here to mock the Holy Ghost. And now the disease that you've pretended to have has come upon you forever. And the man went blind that night. Never got better. Bad move. It's a bad move to mess with the Holy Ghost. And after that, the stadium packed out. Because they realized this isn't some circus. This is a man sent from God to his generation. Carrying the power of God. How did he know that man wasn't sick? Discerning of spirits. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. You know, has anybody seen our church in Pittsburgh? You know that building's worth $8 million U.S.? My wife was praying and she felt in her spirit to send one of our assistant pastors there. When the assistant pastor went there, the owner of the building was there and said, are you interested in getting this building? He said, well, we were going to look at it. She said, just come to a meeting with me and my husband. Don't worry about the banks or anything. Let's just talk. We were supposed to pay $450,000, which we had. And when they talked to us, they said, keep the money. Just pay $10,000 a month for five years. We sent the first three checks for $10,000, and they walked back in with all three checks in the deed and says that the building belongs to you, it's yours, free. Now, when my wife felt that in her spirit, the owner had prayed that day, God, I wanna unload this building, show me the right people to give it to. And then my wife felt that. The Holy Ghost will lead you. Do you know how long it would have taken me to raise $8 million? Like four or five days. But the Lord saved me the whole week and just gave it to me right up front. You serve El Shaddai. You serve Jehovah Jireh. You'll never be poor. You'll never be broke another day in your life. Hey. Hey. Be seated briefly. Revelatory gifts. Now the last one. Everybody say power gifts. Those are the ones that help you to act like Jesus. Act like Jesus. Jesus didn't see people that were hurting and go, sorry to hear that you're hurting. Hope things improve. Whatever the problem was, he smacked it. Bring the boy to me. Saw Ruined every funeral that he went to. He attacked problems. He didn't give people flowers in a cart. Bring me your child. Bring bring her to me. And no matter what their sickness or what their disease or if they were possessed by evil spirits, one touch from his hand healed them all. He sent his word and it healed them. Whatever Whatever manifestation came spit in the eyes, spit in the clay and made mud, rubbed it in the man's eyes, whatever, however that river decided to manifest. Everybody say action gifts. What makes you grab a kid by the chest that's in a wheelchair and throw him up in the air? You'll go to jail if you do that. But when you do it under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, the kid walks. If God can find a vessel willing, if you're willing to be a fool for Christ, there's no limit to how high you'll go in life. I see you going very high in life in Jesus' name. What no eye has seen what no ear has heard, what's never entered into the heart of man, that will be the order of the day for you and your family in Jesus' name. Now, there's people in here that nobody else in your family serves the Lord yet. You will be the one that breaks your whole family out of poverty in Jesus' mighty name what they've passed down from generation to generation loses its hold on you tonight and from this day forward you go from glory to glory victory to victory and strength to strength and there's no devil in hell that can do anything about it one more time say action gives." my dad's oldest brother is a is a healing preacher and he's put his tent up all over america He's the one that's preaching at at my church tomorrow morning in Pittsburgh. He's a great man of God. Great man of God. He calls me all the time. He'll tell me where I am. Not like you're in New York, like you're walking by this store on this street. I wanted to call you and give you a piece of something the Lord told me when I was praying for you. Real deal. So he's preaching under this tent, right? And there's a guy sitting there like this. He had no neck. So my Uncle Ted feels to go over and minister to him, and he says, sir, would you mind if I laid hands on you? Okay, like this. My uncle put his hands on both sides of his head and lifted his head up to where it should be, which should have killed the guy because he had been in an accident and they took an inch and a half of vertebrae out of his neck and then put his head down on his collarbones to stabilize it, but if it was ever moved, he'd die. My Uncle Ted didn't know that. So when he pulled his head up, his wife gasped, because she thought he was going to, like that. And my Uncle Ted, still holding his head, went to ask her what the problem was. And as he was going to ask her, he felt an inch and a half of vertebrae grow under his fingers. So, you know, when you're a healing preacher, you're supposed to act like you've seen everything before and just go, praise the Lord. But sometimes God does stuff that you can't even pretend. So my uncle, the wife went, he went, whoa. And the wife went, whoa. And my uncle went, whoa. Uncle went, whoa. Signs and wonders make you wonder how in the world did that happen. So check this out. Just like when the devil attacks, if you don't put a stop to the attack, it goes through the whole family. When a miracle hits, it's like throwing a rock in a pond, and the ripples go. So my uncle says whoa, and he's getting ready to tell all the people, let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. But God wasn't done yet. There was a nine-year-old girl. Seems to be the magic age. There was a nine-year-old girl sitting behind that guy that had been sitting behind him for an hour and a half. Now, when you're an adult, society trains you not to stare at people that have disabilities. But when you're nine, you stare. You sketch it in your Bible. You Snapchat it to your friends. Hashtag no neck. So this girl, this girl had been looking at that for an hour and a half and now could see that he had a neck. So she's sitting forward on her seat with her eyes big and glassy, like people see when they see a miracle and their eyes get like kind of teary. She's like this. And the Lord directs my uncle Ted what to say. Little girl, would you like to feel what a miracle feels like? She goes like this. He said, take your finger and put it on his neck. So she did. As soon as she touched his neck, she threw her head back and started yelling out in other tongues. Well, if you're a Pentecostal father, and your little girl started yelling out in tongues in the middle of the service, you might grab her arm to keep her quiet. But she was in a Muslim family. So when she started yelling out in tongues, the dad didn't know what to do. He grabbed her arm. But the way you stop live electrical wire is not by grabbing it. So when he grabbed her arm, he threw his big bearded head back and he started speaking in other tongues. The whole family got saved in the course of the next two days. Stay on your feet, everybody. Say with me, Holy Ghost fire. Shut up in my bones. Say rivers of living water. When you lay your hands on people, those rivers come out. When you open up your mouth, that river will come out. That river will go up into your mind and cause you to think different thoughts. I'm glad I don't have a wife that said, You know, we're supposed to start a church. I don't know how we'll ever get enough money to have a building in this city. No, she prayed. Let's send a man down to that property, and I believe something's going to happen down there. Your mind will start working different. Instead of saying, I don't know what I'm going to do, you're going to say, Thank you, Father. You're making every crooked path straight. And then God will illuminate your understanding. Can I tell you something? If you've hit a roadblock in life right now, God will remove that roadblock tonight as a reward for your faithfulness to be in the house of God on a Saturday night. You're going to have the best closeout to a year that you've ever had in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Stay on your feet. Everybody say, Power gifts. Help me to act like Jesus. Now, who are those gifts for? A couple of superstars? These gifts were given to the church. Everybody say, I'm a part of the church. Say, these gifts belong to me. Say, I'm gonna flow in these gifts. I'm going to pursue them. One of the ways you pursue them is by pursuing the people who have them. So you pick the right church. You're not in a church that believes they're all dead and they died with the last apostle. You're in a church where the staff has them. And whatever you hang around determines what accompanies you in life. You hang around a bunch of people that smoke a couple bags of marijuana every day. There's gonna be things that accompany you in life that aren't good but you hang around Holy Ghost people in Holy Ghost atmosphere, there's going to be things that follow you around without even trying. Miracles will never leave your life from today. I said miracles will never leave your life from today. From today, surely goodness and mercy will follow you. All the days of your life, signs and wonders will follow you because you're one of God's children. If you receive that with me, take 30 seconds one final time. Clap your hands, O ye people. Celebrate. Celebrate. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's, and he's already won. Celebrate. Celebrate devil is defeated you're not going down you're going up greater is he that lives in you than all those devils that are in the world somebody shout amen like thunder every head bowed every eye closed every head bowed every eye closed wherever you are before the oil was applied the blood has to be applied the anointing won't flow through unclean vessels. You live in sin. Sin leads to poverty. Sin leads to sickness. Sin leads to eternal death in hell. Sin is serious enough that God didn't send an angel do something about it. He sent his one and only son to die. Bleed out all his blood to break sin. And until you make contact with that blood, you're an easy target for the devil. He can mess mess you up anytime he wants. You belong in his kingdom. He can leave while I pray for you and just wait for you to get home and pick up where he left off. But those days end tonight somebody tonight is going to be the first woman in their family to say enough is enough i'm not serving the devil i'm not having one foot in church and one foot in the world from today as for me at my house we will serve the lord somebody's going to be the first man in your family tonight like my grandfather was say enough is enough i'm not living in the world I'm not giving the devil the satisfaction a dragon might need a hell. No, I'm done with you, sucker. Me and you have no further business. I'm coming to Jesus Christ. You don't belong in hell. You belong in heaven with me and Pastor Josh. Brother Dad, heaven's for you. Jesus died for you. The question isn't whether Christ can forgive you or save you. The question is, are you going to stay in your red seat And pretend like everything's fine. Or are you going to come out of the crowd and say, no. Enough is enough. The devil's not going to turn. You know, I listen to people that don't know the Lord. I can't get free from heroin. I can't get free from alcohol. I can't. They're slaves to the devil. He dictates what they do. He dictates where they go. He dictates how they spend their money. But Jesus came. To make you free. And it would take a lying devil to make you think you're free in the world. Then when you come into church, you you get bondage. No, it's the other way around. Nobody's having more fun than me, baby. Nobody. Me and my little wife down there have a great time in life. We're having fun, laughing in the face of the devil. And I want you to join the winning side you've cried enough tears your family's cried enough tears tonight is a night to come to Jesus and let him lift every heavy burden and destroy the yoke of bondage by the anointing every head bowed every eye closed if you say Jonathan I need to give my life to Jesus Christ tonight I'm not asking you if you're religious I'm not asking you if you believe in the Bible I'm asking you, have you ever made a public decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Think about it. Can you identify a specific time in your mind where you made a public stand? Or do you just kind of think you're saved? Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Any more than going to KFC makes you a chicken sandwich. There has to be a time where you've made a public stand at the altar. That I received Christ. If you've never done that, or you once did it and you fell away, and you need to come back. (laughs) If I flew from America to Accra for any one of you to give your life to Jesus, I'd have done it a million times. I love you. I believe in you. And not as much as Christ, though. He died for you. That you may live tonight and find new life. If you say, Jonathan, that's me. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to do what's right. I'm not bowing to the bales of this world. I'm going to live for Jesus from this night forward. Quickly put your hand up high and wave it at me wherever you are if you need to do that tonight. Put it up high and wave it. Very quickly, everyone that lifted a hand and meant business with God. Come out of your seat and join me at the front right now. We're going to pray. Come quickly. Come very quickly. Tonight's your night. Come right to the center. Come as close as you can. Every hand that was lifted, come. Tonight's your night, every university student. I want Jesus. I don't want the things of this world. I want Christ. Keep coming, keep clapping. This is your night. This night changes everything. Come, I need God. I need God's power. I'm not gonna be a slave of sin. Keep coming. If God's dealing with your heart, they're going to sing that one more time. Come. Keep coming. If the Lord's dealing with your heart. Before we pray, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. you. If you're coming, keep coming, just get here as quick as you can. We're going to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but this is not a recital. This isn't like a church pledge. I'm going to give you the words to say because some people have never prayed before. So you want to know what to say? I'm going to give you what to say. Say this from your heart to God. A real God hears this prayer. And even as you're praying it, he'll take your old heart out and he'll give you a new heart. Lift both hands to the Lord. Lift both your hands to the Lord. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I've come forward tonight to give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I repent. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your power. Where I was weak, give me your strength. In Jesus' name, I am saved. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. I'm on my way to heaven. I will not turn back. In Jesus' name. Keep your hands lifted and let me bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Everywhere you used to struggle in life, I lose God's power into you. In Jesus' name. That where you were weak, now you'll be strong. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every weakness in your spirit is swallowed up by the strength of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Every unclean thing that was a part of your life before tonight, it has to go now. It comes out now. Welcome to the family of God, everybody at the altar. Your sins are all forgiven. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. You've changed companies. You've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. Congratulations. I said congratulations. All your sins are forgiven. God doesn't remember anything you did before 1024 p.m. Ghana time. That's a fact. I want to give you something to do. Find a church that's a good Bible church. And by that, I mean, find this specific church and stay in this church. If you belong to another church, let them know you're very thankful for all they've done, but you're going to be coming to this church from now on because this church is the place to go. Amen? So stick with it. You're you're as saved as I am, but you can't join a soccer team and then never go to practice anymore and still consider yourself part of the team. What God did tonight, He's going to build on it every service and let me get one more crack at you I'm here uh, tomorrow what is it 3 p.m 3 p.m I'm preaching one more time if you don't like my preaching that'll be my last Sunday then there'll be better people here after that so it's a win-win I'm very proud of you welcome to the family of God see this lady with the sign follow me I'm gonna pray for you tonight they're gonna give you a gift from the church and help you out So follow that lady that says, follow me. This is not a kidnapping. They're going to give you something from the church. Then you go right back to your seat. Go ahead and head that way. Help them out, ushers. Go ahead and sing. Let's go to work. Everybody that desires the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the catalyst to being used of the gifts of the Spirit, I would strongly recommend. I'm not getting paid for how many people I pray for. So there's nothing in it for me to pray for more people, but I didn't come to Ghana to give a little speech and go back to my hotel room. I'm going to lay my hands on everybody that wants hands laid on. If you brought your pet dog, I'll lay hands on your pet dog. I'll pray for everything that's moving tonight. When I pray for you, say this out loud, the laying on of hands always works. Mark chapter 6, and Jesus could do no mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. Except to lay his hands on a few sick and see them recover. The laying on of hands always works. So when I do that, it's ordained by God. The fire of God's gonna come in you. I said, the fire of God's gonna come in your spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't have a twin brother who heals people. So the same Holy Spirit who fills you with power drives out all sickness and disease. Any disease in your blood, any disease in your central nervous system, any disease, uh, organs that aren't working right, God heals every one of them tonight. They're not allowed to leave this sanctuary with you. Amen? Now, as you're waiting for me to come to you, I can do this pretty quick, but as you're waiting, rather than waiting like you're in line to go to a, a football match and just wait, lift your hands and begin to speak to God. And don't plead with him. Oh Lord, please fill. Thank you, Lord, for filling me tonight. Thank you, Lord, for a deposit of the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for impartation tonight. And lock yourself in with God. When I lay hands on you, the fire of God comes into you. You will never be the same after tonight. I said, You'll never be the same after tonight. In Jesus' name. And then don't miss tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And bring your friends with you. We're going to let it rip tomorrow's going to be the worst day the devil ever had in Accra. can you say amen can you say a better amen every hand lifted whether you're already in line or in the process of getting in line lift your hands father by the laying on of hands i loose the baptism of the holy ghost in fire i lose your mighty anointing that every one of these men and every one of these women will walk in power over the devil all the days of their life, power over sickness, power over disease, power over depression, power over fear. I lose that power. Thank you, Lord, that this is that day where rivers of living water will flow out from within. I loose that by impartation and the laying on of hands in Jesus' name. Every hand lifted across the auditorium. Now, as easy as it was to fall into sin before tonight that's how easily you'll flow in the Holy Ghost there'll be an inner compulsion in you an inner fire in you that will never go out I'll tell you what I have by the grace of God I served the Lord starting at four years old and from that day I've never known one day outside of God's salvation plan. I haven't turned my back. That's by the grace of God. That grace God gave me to serve Him with an undying passion. You've received that tonight by impartation and by the laying on of hands. You will never know a day outside of the will of God. The last backward step that you ever took will be the last backward step that you ever take. The last victory that Satan gained in your life will be the last one he ever gains. Every foul sickness and disease in the sound of my voice. You die in this sanctuary. You do not go home with any people that are here. Your right to their body has been revoked now in the name of Jesus. Put both hands on your belly. Fresh fire, fresh anointing. Receive it tonight. Go home with it tonight. May that fire produce a disgust for sin. A hatred for the bondage of the devil. Mande In the name of Jesus. You leave this building with an inability to fail. In Jesus' name. You shall be great in your generation. The brightest of the black stars are here. You will do exploits for God. In Jesus' name. One day, I was preaching on Easter Sunday in a state in the United States called Vermont. There were six people there, counting me. And I thought, what am I doing? And the Lord spoke to me very strongly on the platform. Just be faithful. You won't finish here. And to stand on this platform and look at us, see, for 20 years I believed God that one day I'd get to lay hands on thousands of people. I looked forward to it. Tonight it's been a fulfillment of my dreams. I love you. I love this church. I love Bishop Dag. I love Pastor Joshua. I love Ghana, the great shining country of West Africa. Thank you for this open door at this amazing church. I didn't make one thing up, I said today you will never take another backward step in Jesus' name. Everyone that told you you're going to die, you'll outlive every one of them in Jesus' name. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. So rejoice and be glad, for the battle has already been won, and the victory belongs to you. God bless every one of you in Jesus' name. Give the Lord another great big hand clap. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.